When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on a Wednesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller for the next couple of hours. Thank you for spending some of your morning uh, here with us. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list, this is what we plan on doing here today. Starting at the bottom of the hour, Chris Monter, who's covered the NBA draft for decades, uh, he will be here, get the uh, latest from uh, Chris Montour. Of course, we thought we had some Chris Murray potentially in the draft news to ask. Maybe we still do. We'll get to that coming up in a moment because I do not understand uh, the latest bit of info. Uh, One little bit. Pick Trent's brain on that. So uh, Chris Montour up first. 11.05. Adam Rittenberg covers college athletics, specifically college football at ESPN.com, and he will join us. And then uh, Kyle Irving, our friend from the Sporting News, uh, who covers the NBA, will join us as we take a look. Well, ahead, because <laughs> what can you say about last night other than Oof. P.U.? Woof. Those were terrible. 65 combined points. Was the diff- was the uh, uh, was the difference in both of those games? I mean, the one seed one got by a combined sixty five. Didn't some idiot say in the beginning of the week? What are these one seeds? Are they? In tr-? Well, that was me. Yeah, um, that was me. Um, <laughs> the answer, I guess, last night anyway was no. They're fine. It was not fun. It's terrible. Luckily, we had hockey last night. Well, we did, and um, the, the Wild and the Blues were good for a while. Was, well, until the beginning of the third period. And then uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, who'd been quiet mm-hmm. uh, in these playoffs, uh, he went crazy, filled his hat, hat trick in the third period, and the Wild now head to St. Louis. Winner, go home. Minnesota sports in the playoffs. Yeah. And Starting to get a taste of it. It's interesting, isn't it? It just, <sighs> you have this just deep, deep understanding of what it's going to turn out to be. The Wild have been a well-run organization. Mm-hmm. They have been successful. Yep. But come playoffs, this is now staring the face of seven consecutive first-round exits. It's, it's incredible. Look, they can still come back in this. The yeah. Blues are really good, though. They match up so well with them. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan O'Reilly, the captain, is playing out of his mind. He's, he's so good. He's been in the league a long time. He's one of the few that still doesn't have the visor on his, uh, on his helmet. Grandfathered and, in? Grandfathered in, yeah. There's probably, boy, I don't know, 10 maybe uh, of the dinosaurs left in the game that still don't have to wear uh, the visor. But uh, once you were, there was a certain year cutoff. I don't remember what it was, but uh, they're all going to have to wear them eventually. But Ryan O'Reilly, it was unbelievable last night. Good for him. Uh, good for the Blues and their fan base out there as it looks as though um, it'll be tough for the Wild to win two straight games. That was good. The Wild and the, uh, the Wild. The Lightning and the Maple Leafs was good. The, uh, the late game went to overtime. Uh, the King. Didn't you have? Did you? Who'd you have? The Oilers. I had the Oilers. Yeah, to complete the two-game parlay because I had early on Carolina coasted mm-hmm. in. It's four-two, and I flip it on in the fourth after I really 
that was as viscerally upset I've been about a hockey game in a while. It just, yeah. I was so annoyed. Right. And Bob was shoozing, shut up. <laughs> I understand he's got a roof for both sides. but Because yeah. I watched the first, first period on Valley Sports North. Oh, did you? And I don't, LaPanta's not my cup of tea. I, yeah, he's um, he's fine. He's okay. Yeah. I'm with you. I've been watching the national feeds, too. But I went over there, kind of liked it initially, and mm-hmm. I certainly li- liked it after they took a 2-1 lead. Mm-hmm. And, and now, was, 671, you could listen to the Blues feed, I'm assuming, right? I don't even know who does play-by-play uh, Dan Kelly's son, I believe. Okay. Dan Kelly was a famous NHL broadcaster. And Darren Pang normally, but uh, I was on the national feed with you. Last shut night. up with shoes. And I was just, I was just upset. There's a lot of people saying shut up at the in the late game. It was it was so interesting though. So the goal right away to begin the third, mm-hmm. and then another one. But right away after that first one, I know it was like 30 seconds later, a minute later that they scored the second one. But just the air out of the building. Yeah. And I speaking of what you said, Minnesota sports. Was it a here we go again? I kind of think that was part of it because right? yes. up to two two through the two periods. Minnesota was the better side. I thought so. I mean, Kaprizov was out of his mind early in that hockey game. And how many great opportunities he had mm-hmm. after those first two. I mean, Trent, it looked like he was elite. destined. I know we oh, throw yeah. that round, word around a lot. He, he's, he's elite. He's, he's Patrick Kane. I think he's bigger than Patrick Kane. I think he's, he's, he? yeah, he's built, he's, he's um, a little bit more burly than Kane. They're both so gifted with the puck. They're magicians. When he took the puck the, on, it's like his puck's got a string to his stick. When he had uh, the, when he blocked the shot with his foot. Mm-hmm. Did he seem just to tick off after that? Uh, maybe I'm sure That's, the sore swelling a little bit. It's yeah. certainly, it's certainly uh, uh, the stinging, vibrating. Yeah. You can feel it. And when he went over to uh-huh. to the bench for the first time afterwards, and you could see, sure, he was in pain, but because he was just a little off, and he had so many good opportunities, uh-huh. and and that just left me wondering. And again, not being a guy that knows hockey very well, is that something that can impact you on the ice? You'd sure, have to think so absolutely. And that was not pushing off. <laughs> It was not a little push pass that he took off the skate no, either. No, uh, Felino was unbelievable. Boy, he was laying the lump of the body last night. He was just a freight train, and none of the Blues had any response to him. But the response was on the scoreboard, and they're up three two, and they'll head back to St. Louis with an opportunity uh, to clinch. So, um, what else? NBA stunk. There's really nothing you can say, right? Just both of the one seeds flexed their muscles, yep. and uh, James Harden was the James Harden that we were, you know, pretty critical. Not just us, but right. uh, people who watch basketball, pretty critical of, uh, with the exception of that last game. But he was bad last night, and Bede got uh, took one in the orbital bone. Boy, that had speaking of painful. Mm-hmm. Ooh. He threw his mask off right away as he was writhing in pain on the floor, but came back into the game. It was just one of those nights where just I mean, Jimmy Buckets got things going early, and um, it was on it. Didn't he Yank score? I don't think he did, did he? No. Did he have another, for six. another scoreless night. So could you say the Sixers go as George Niang goes, Trent yeah. Condon? He's had some rough moments. Because I, I bet a couple he of has. overs in same-game parlays mm-hmm. of him. And I think it's the last game. So Sunday was yes. probably his best game. He had 10 or 12. He had 10, yep. Uh, in in the game, but yeah, he missed every one of the threes that he took, and he took six of them uh, yesterday. Also shut out in game one mm-hmm. of the series. He was 0 for 7 there, and combined 0 of 13 in those two games. Yeah, look, yep. it's, it's more than him this time sure. to join out last night. I mean, Maxi was, was, was awful. He was terrible. Yeah. Just bloody awful. Uh, Dan, uh, Danny Green made a couple of shots, but not enough shots. It was it was Miami's night, just like it was Phoenix's night. Now it was close for a while. It was a half the three point game, right? Forty nine, forty six. I want to say not a ton of scoring. I went over in the third quarter, and all of a sudden it's twenty. That, that's where it ended, Trent. It was it was all of the third quarter. Phoenix just took it to them. What they outscore them? Thirty. Th- well, let me look. Thirty three, fourteen. Yeah, that's what it was like in that. the third. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was brutal. And Just there was brutal. no comeback. None. None whatsoever. Well, maybe tonight, right? Bucks and uh, the Celtics feels that'll be great. As though that's going to uh, maybe carry the night. There's a couple more game fives in the NHL tonight. One elimination game as Pittsburgh looks to knock out the Rangers and and move on to that one. We may be well. I shouldn't say that because Washington's in a tough fight now with Florida. But I thought we were headed to Ovechkin versus Crosby one more ah. time. Not One too bad. more? No, it's been great over the uh, over those two uh, players' history, but mm, not sure we're going to get that. We did get some college football news when it comes to the locals yesterday, TC, and you were all over it, tweeting it from your uh, your personal account at Trent Condon, and uh, came up. Uh, um, Bet Rivers has the over unders for boy. If it's not everybody, I just started to scroll and then stopped because my phone rang. Mm-hmm. Um, never went back. Um, but the two that obviously move our needle, Iowa and Iowa State, uh, their win totals have come out, and they're both seven and a half. So we talked about this, what, three, four weeks ago, if we were making the line, kind of where we'd be. And we anticipated the Iowa one be seven and a half because it feels like it's always seven and a half. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of the way that it's pretty easy to throw that one out there. So that aside, schedule this year a little more tougher. You take out Penn State, but you get both Ohio State and Michigan mm-hmm. on the schedule this year. Coupled with their struggles against Wisconsin, doesn't matter yep. where it is. Right. Even in Kinnick, it doesn't matter. And Purdue, mm-hmm. who has had their number. Yep. Minnesota, they were lucky to win that game here. Mm-hmm. Nebraska? One of spe- these years, you think. But You need to set special teams play. Uh-huh. And you look at the schedule, and it's certainly much difficult, at least on paper, than it was a year ago. So you look at that. Well, they better go through the non-con undefeated yeah. to get the seven and a half. They're going to have to. Uh-huh. I, I agree with you there. I think... You know, if you can beat Purdue this year, if you can beat Wisconsin, you're feeling good. But mm-hmm. are they beating Ohio State? No. They're not going into Columbus and winning. No, I don't think so. And I think, look, I, they, they should beat Rutgers. I don't think it's going to be the automatic, oh, there's a win. Right. Um, Shiano's got that program headed in the right direction. So does Illinois. So does Illinois. Bielema knows yep. how to coach football. Yep. Northwestern, is this going to be one of Fitz's magic? I don't think so, but... They were a billion times better, and they could have lost that game. Mm-hmm. Because an awful, brutal Northwestern mm-hmm. team who seems to bounce back after some of these bad seasons. Now you get them at Kinnick. Does it does matter? matter? Nope. <laughs> right? History will tell it. Uh-huh. No, it does not. So you have all that sitting there. But seven and a half, that's a fair number. The I juice. So. Uh, explaining the juice a little bit for the new betters out there. That also is a big part of these sure. over-unders. What's because the, what, it was, what was it juiced to? The over is plus one fifty, meaning if they if they if you bet over, you get plus money. Yes, so you bet a hundred dollars instead of your normal minus mm-hmm. one ten. You'd bet one hundred and ten to win a hundred. Here you bet a hundred, you get one hundred fifty back. One hundred and fifty back. The under on the other side uh-huh. is minus one ninety. So they're almost going to have to come down at some point, don't you think? You would think so if they're already at that spot. Uh-huh. That's pretty high. Yeah, you'd anticipate that there's mm-hmm. going to be adjustment to the number. They hate but doing this. But they don't want to exactly. Right. They don't want to be. They want to give everybody their money back. Right. It is, unless you're going to go a full game, mm. which I think yeah, that would I be a really surprise no, yeah. to go that route. So Iowa State was the interesting one because I think you and I came to the agreement, if we were putting a line out, we would put it at five and a half. Mm-hmm. That would be the number that we would come up just with so many unknowns with this Iowa mm-hmm. State team. The disappointment of seven and six last year, that would be a number. Hey, can they be bowl eligible? That would be kind of a fair way to look at it. Over five and a half, that's six and six. That's bowl eligibility. And of course, under is on the other side of it. And then it comes out at seven and a half. I was shocked. I was right there with mm-hmm. you. When you look at the Iowa State schedule, of course, going to Kinnick in week two with this young team, mm-hmm. a team that they have struggled with under Matt Campbell, 
you have to put that in the L column at the very least when you're kind of doubling. There's no question. Things. Texas Tech beat them last year. Yeah. They're probably going to be better. Mm-hmm. You got to go to Oklahoma State this right. year. Is Texas going to be better? Yes. Baylor's still good. Right. Even with the talent they lost. Right. Still got a quarterback. Yep. They can win games. Oh, I haven't mentioned Oklahoma no, yet. No, you haven't. How about TCU? You think there they're going to be better than they were do, a year ago? I do. I do. Kansas State? Yes. They maybe have a quarterback. They, well, I think I want that can run around a little bit. <laughs> right. And he's tough SOB. This schedule is much more difficult for them right. this it's year. Way, it's, it's absolutely. Look, at Brock Purdy's got every record. I don't think he's the best quarterback that's ever played there. That His name is Seneca Wallace. But you, you push back, not you, but the, the audience pushed back yeah. hard. Cyclone Nation, right? Purdy's their guy. Now, I did hear, I, I shouldn't say that. I didn't hear. I saw a tweet that apparently the Fanatics got a call that Deckers is actually better than Elway. Well, which I mean, you can see that, sure. right? Um, you look at the tape for when he's playing up at West Sioux Haywarden. Absolutely, of course. And he just, the first guy, saying. first guy he reminds you of is Elway, right? Right. Why don't you guys take more calls, Bill Elway? <laughs> yeah, or is it that John? Guy? So, for, first of all, who do you think it was the call? Because I don't know. But if you had to guess, well, it's got to be uh, Derek and New Sharon. No, I, well, that wasn't my first guess. I thought the call probably came from Waterloo. I'll make it one. <laughs> just a guess. Just a guess. Oh, but boy. regardless of that, Hunter Deckers, he, he may be great. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to be. Brees Hall's gone. Right. Brees Hall is gone. The tight ends are gone. The linebackers are gone. This, there's a whole bunch of uh, guys in the secondary that are gone. Your kicker, and you finally had one, he's gone. You got him for a year. You had him for a year, and, he, and he's gone. This is going to be look. Matt Campbell to me this year is going to earn his money. Mm-hmm. If this team gets to a bowl eligibility, uh, good for you, Matt Campbell. Good for you. Everything they've said about you and the statue that they're already designing, absolutely. Um, I understand that now. But this schedule, Jesus, and the fact that, as you said, and you're 100 percent right, the Big Twelve, there's, there's. I mean, Kansas is going to have a pulse, and yeah. the game is in Lawrence. Kansas is going to have a pulse. Iowa State should beat them. Yes, absolutely. Iowa State should beat them. They should beat K-State. West Virginia beat them last year. Right. You get them at home. Um, Oof. Seven and a half wins? Really? Now, if you're going under that total. How much do you have to, what's the, what do you have to bet to make 100? Plus, you have to lay my, my buck 30? 159. Is it that high? So you're laying a pretty significant. So I had a free bet in my Bet Rivers account of $50. So I threw it, I threw it on the under. So it only returns $31. Right. On a $50 bet. So Mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's what you look at for the Iowa State perspective. But that number. Seven and a half wins there. That was by far the biggest surprise. They're winning eight games. That's what you're saying if you're going over. Correct. This is going to be, they're going to be better record wise than they were a year ago. And that was, that was we heard time after time after time. Mm-hmm. The best team in school history. They won seven games. Historic season. Here it comes. Seven games. This group's going to win more than that? Without those guys that are no longer there? Please. Are they going to figure out the offensive line for the first time in six years? Well, I don't know why they would this year. They haven't yet. Right. That's a lot of talent that's you lose. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a ton. I, 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 I was stunned when I saw that. I was also a little shocked at the Cyhawk line that FanDuel put out was only six and a half Iowa favored. So that you would have had this higher. Well, Kinnick's a five-point stadium. It so if you, if you back out the, the home field advantage, you're telling me that the Hawkeyes are only a point and a half better than Iowa State at this point? If we played this one, neutral field, Play, Drake right. Stadium. I, Iowa would be a point and a half favorite, please. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good way to look at it. It's got to be over. It's, it's, it's higher than the touchdown. I'll be stunned if this game doesn't go north of seven. 
Iowa State's due. Well, there's that. Outside of that, though, yeah, it's difficult to mm-hmm. come up with a compelling case of why this. Now I know where you're going to go. <laughs> well, I a was... quarterback. <laughs> oh, there you go. Did, did, have they been playing around in the transfer portal? Did I miss some news? Uh, or is it still going to be Spencer Peters that trots out there? As far as I know, it is. Yes. That team was awful offensively. Mm-hmm. They have been. Mm-hmm. And if you go over a touchdown, that means they got to score some points. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to shut out Iowa State. No, I don't think so. Defense will be good, not mm-hmm. that good. Look, Iowa does. Iowa's got kicker question marks for the first time right. in a long time. Does Iowa get to twenty-four points? Uh, if they do, that means if you're going to cash, if I'm going to be right, then you got to hold Iowa State under fourteen. Well, mm-hmm. you know, sixteen, sure. Because um, I think it'll be seven and a half for it go at least. Yeah, I still think I would lay the points. I, I know I would lay the points. I would if it got seven and a half. I would lay the points. I grab. Well, give me anybody against Petrus. That's where I am at this point. It's there's not a whole lot of depth to it, but that's where I'd be right now. Mm-hmm. Well, see, we don't even need to bet. We can just bet with each other. Well, we don't have to pay the could. juice. Yeah, I'm not. I don't bet the locals. So you're on your own. <laughs> I know that. Uh, so let's uh, let's uh, the other story that it's just a head scratcher to me. I don't. I guess I don't understand this move. Help me out with this. So Chris Murray gets the invitation. Um, he gets to bypass the G League combine entirely. Mm-hmm. So he's not invited to the G League. He doesn't have to go to the G League where he earns a spot at the NBA combine. Um, so pretty big story yesterday. Arrows pointing up. Teams are starting to really take an interest in Chris Murray. Uh, he's got the invitation. One of four, right? One of four players yes. that uh, got invited um, well, there's a bunch of players. Right, but, but those... didn't you, they, they looked as though they were going to go to the G League right. first, but then they thought, you know what, let's let's just uh, get them right to the Combine. That's that's uh, That tells me there's uh, NBA, legitimate NBA interest there. Register um, <laughs> does its story. It posts at 6 o'clock last night. Uh, and then this morning, or no, not, it wasn't even this morning. It was late last night. Remember I asked you about that guy, Jonathan Giveni? Giveni? Giovanni. 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 Whatever, but um, he um, he tweeted that he, uh, that Chris Murray has declined the information from the co- uh, the invitation from yeah. the combine. Why? I don't get it. I'm really struggling up with the, any kind of reason why you would decline it. Well, and and they combine that trend. Did you hear Pops, who was quoted as saying, "Chris wants to gather as much information as possible." Mm-hmm. Well, where are you going to get more information than you if you went to the combine for crying out when every NBA team is there? So let me put my tinfoil hat on for a minute. Can I borrow yours? I sure, absolutely. Mine. Thank you. Does he have a promise? This is the only reason. I mean, I don't know if he does. Or, I just don't understand why. Why you would if you're gathering as much information as we're led to believe, and if there is legitimate interest from NBA teams as we're led to believe. Why would you decline to work out? Or do you have someone getting to pops? We're going to take him. Right. We're, we're going to take him. Keep him away. We're going to take him at, you know, we've got two picks early in the second round or we're late in the first round team. I don't understand why. Because even if he stayed in the NBA draft after going to the combine, you can go back to school if you don't get drafted. Now the gamble there is you get taken at fifty eight, right? And then you can't go back to school. You are now a pro. You're locked in. You're locked in. 
So that's the downside of it. I can't see the downside of staying in the NBA Combine if indeed he's truly wanting to gather as much information as possible before making a very difficult decision. With your theory that there's a guarantee there, it would have to be a first-round guarantee, wouldn't it? I would think, yeah. Because there's many people that project him to be a second-rounder. So if he's a second-rounder, and if he goes at 32, or if he goes at 52, he's still a Mm second-rounder. And there are certain guarantees that come along with it from some organizations, but not always. And it's certainly better than it once was with the G League and the way that they can create the two-way contracts, but... There is no guarantee. Your first round pick, though, you got your guaranteed money. You were right. locked in for, what is it, four three, years? Three, three or four, yeah. And you are locked in at that price. Mm-hmm. You're good to go. It doesn't guaranteed. matter if you're sent to the G League. It yep. doesn't matter if they even cut you. You still have that guaranteed money. So you would think it would have to be, in that scenario that you laid out, mm-hmm. it would have to be a first round pick. Yeah, a team that's going late in the playoffs. The Miami Heat, pick at 27. There you go. Pat Riley says, Kenyon, we are going to take Chris. Mm-hmm. I don't want him in Chicago. Don't want him there. Don't want anybody else to become mm-hmm. an amateur with him. We are, and we are guaranteeing that we are yep. going to select him at 27. That would make sense. That is something that at least on the surface makes sense. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. But he believes in himself, and he believes that he's going to be an mm-hmm. NBA player. We've heard Tom Caker tell us that he's continually says he's better than Keegan. Right. And he beats him in one-on-one. Right. Keegan's going to be a top-five pick, possibly. And, and, and if you read the piece uh, um, in the uh, Skinny Kenny's piece in the Register today, Kenyon's quoted um, basically not regurgitating what he's heard from all these NBA teams, from what he's, what he's heard the feedback that they've gotten thus far in the process has all been, wow, this kid's really in the last in the last month or so, his game has just taken off. He is a legitimate 2022 draft pick. That's what I'm reading in the piece yesterday. Mm-hmm. And then hours later, he withdraws. So why? The, your theory is the only one that makes sense. I can't think of anything else. There I'm not saying it's right. right. I'm just trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Why because the hell it, he would do that? Because if he's not, then just say you're returning to Iowa. Right. If that's the scenario that you're laying out, I'm not going to go through the combine. Then just say it's because you're coming back to Iowa. Mm-hmm. Now it's that. Look, I hope he is coming back to Iowa. It's great for business. Right. Because I think they're going to be an NCAA tournament team With again. him. If Chris comes mm-hmm. back. But if not, <laughs> yeah, that's going to be an ugly, ugly <laughs> right. season over in Iowa City if that's the case. So I think your theory is the one that makes the most sense. I can't think of anything else. What reason that you could possibly, with the workouts and everything that we continue to hear, you say, no, I'm good. And the praise that's coming yes. his way. And you're getting the twin brother of a lottery pick. Uh-huh. Who's starting to figure it out. And Putting this time last year, Keegan was just starting right. to figure it out. And look at the look at the jump that he made. Does the left-handed twin, and we're starting to see maybe that jump was just a year behind, and mm-hmm. here we are. I don't know. I, what what could it be? Well, that's the one that makes the most. Sense. We, we shall see. Uh, so I was kind of looking forward to the NBA because we've had these NFL releases, right? These trickle outs all Monday, Tuesday. Monday ESPN went, and then Tuesday uh, we got a little snippet on the Christmas game. And it's looking forward. So Fox put out uh, the 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 one nugget that they gave us today was Cowboys at Packers Week Ten. Cowboy, that, that's it. What? Right. That was that was their big that was their big release. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, give us the Thanksgiving Day games. You know, who's in the you late You can't wait until one... tomorrow? I can. <laughs> I thought we might get them in a We event. get a long off-season in front of us. No, so let's, we do. Let's stretch this out another day. That'll be all right. Speaking of, of course, the schedule release, our friends at Circa have a release of their own coming up tomorrow. What have they got? 
Well, they're going to be talking about the guarantees that are going to be. Oh, I thought it was next week. Is it tomorrow? Well, that's when they're getting all the parameters. Basically, they will be able to officially yeah. work together. They will see the schedule and how they're going to put it. They feel like they have everything figured out. But the guarantee. What was it last year? Six million dollars for Circa Survivor. This is your old school Survivor contest. All you do, pick an NFL team every week to win. Mm-hmm. And once you use them, that's it. Mm-hmm. Can't use them again. You use a team, mm-hmm. so you take the Cowboys against the Jaguars in week one. Right. That's done. Want to, want to, want to use the Packers over the Lions? Yep. Better not lose them early because on Thanksgiving Day, that's its own week. And that's what makes this really tricky. They're also this year having Christmas, Christmas will yep. be its own week. So you have to get through 18-week NFL schedule, but the way they set it up, it's a 20-week betting contest, and our own Ken Miller is going to join it this year. I am. <laughs> Are you nervous? Eh, yeah, I mean it's, it's the, I've entered one of these once. Okay, and it was um, I don't remember the year. I remember I was working with Bob Dyer. Uh huh. So two thousand two ninety nine, two thousand two thousand one. Anyways, whatever year it was, I was out in the first week. No, <laughs> I did not get to week two, and I think I took the Vikings. Well, see, Minnesota sports. We I come full circle today. Yeah, I mean it was over twenty years ago, but it's I just. I don't want to embarrass myself like that. Maybe you should do that one. You're going to do the pick five a week? Yeah, that's tough, too. That is. You have to hit to cash usually about 65 I was going to say 60. three and a half games a week. Yeah. That's what you have to do uh-huh. to cash to be in like the top 200, something mm-hmm. like that, which you usually But if pays. you do, it's worth it. Oh, absolutely. They also have inside the pick a five a week contest, it's called Circa Millions. Right. They also have, say you get off to a rough start. It's not over because they also have quarterly contests. Mm-hmm. So it's spread out there. And you have a great second quarter of this, if the NFL season, then you got a chance to get a little you money. Get paid, right? Yeah. So it's something that you have to be invested in all season long. And there's also, what do they call it? The guy that finishes last. Isn't there some kind of award for that? <laughs> the dummy award or something like yeah, probably that? Probably so. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. There's, there's an award for that. Uh-huh. So if it goes really south, hey, just keep trying to lose games because mm-hmm. you can get something at the end. Even if you try to lose games. I mean, it's the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's the NFL. Uh, yeah, so we will be going out there in August. We'll have, um, well, we're, we're starting to feel pretty good about what we can release on this. We're going to be out there in August. Uh, a whole bunch of our listeners are going to be able to um, you know, make their way out there with us. We're, the proxies are going to be there because you can't do it. You, you can't play in Iowa. Right. You have to actually bet through Vegas. Um so what you do is you get what's called a proxy. I don't know what their fees are. I think it's usually around $200, something 200 like that. 200 for the season, For the right? season, And then yeah. a percentage, if you win, yep. they get a percentage. So what they do is they place your contest wagers for you mm-hmm. out in Las Vegas, and there's a whole bunch of different proxies out there. You know what's really popular uh, proxy is... Um, Kelly in Vegas on, twi- sure. on Twitter. Yep. I think that's what uh, she's, she's got her own. Pro- but there's there's dozens of them. Yes. And when we're out there at Circa uh, that week, it'll be the second weekend in August. Mm-hmm. You can come out with us. We're going to have uh, hopefully some discount codes for hotel rooms for our listeners out there. But you'll be able to come out there. We're going to have a couple events going on. But mm-hmm. most we're importantly. We're at Bar Canada on Friday night. Yep. Going to have a little cocktail party at Bar mm-hmm. Canada on Friday night. Do something at Stadium Swim on Saturday. But we're also going to have the ability for you to run into some of the proxies. Circa has a couple that they work very closely with. Mike Palm will be able to help you out. All the people at Circa will be able to help. So mark off your calendar right now. You're looking to go to Vegas sometime, head out there with us. It'll be August 12th and 13th will be that weekend. Mark it off right now. Talk to 
to somebody special at home and say, eh, I'm going to be gone that weekend or bring her with, whatever it is. <laughs> but uh, we're going to have a really good time out there and an opportunity for you to sign up for either the contest, Circa Millions or Circa Survivor. All right, we'll come back. going to get into the NBA draft. Chris Monter is going to join us. You have the keyword strength. I do not. It's time for another $1,000 home run. Right now, you can enter this nationwide keyword at KXNO.com. The keyword in the 10 o'clock hour is... Bills. That's bills at kxno.com. Bills at kxno.com. Another chance coming up in the 11 o'clock hour. Bills at kxno.com. Chris Monter next. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Slash career. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon. About 25 minutes before the hour of 11 o'clock, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Well, it must be that time of the year, Trent. The NBA draft must be appearing on our radar as we get our friend Chris Montour, who's joined us for, oh, for years to talk about this draft once it gets closer. Keegan Murray, a lottery pick. Chris Murray, will he or won't he? And Chris Montour back with us for the first of, I'm assuming, a handful of appearances before we get to that draft. Chris, good to reconnect with you. Trent and Ken in Des Moines, thank Thanks for coming on, Chris Monter. How are you? Great to be with you. How are you guys? Good, to good, 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 good. So I want to ask you about you, just your thoughts on on, on Chris Murray, who, uh, as as you saw, was invited to the NBA Combine. He uh, just jumped right through the uh, G League Combine and got the the big invite. Uh, looked as though he was going to go. His dad saying, uh, you know, just how much, how many NBA teams of are are noticing his rise in his game and. And then we get the news last night that he's not going to go to the NBA Combine. Um, I don't understand why you would pull out at this point. Uh, other than, I mean, is it a slam dunk now that he's going back to school? He says he's keeping his name in. If he is, why not stay in the Combine? You know, that that would kind of be my thought as well. I always feel like when you want to be evaluated, whether you're a singer, you know, auditioning in front of uh, producers or actor, you know, doing the same you know, the more people that can see you, I always feel like the better. If you're a big, big star, you know, like a Tom Cruise or whatever, you don't really need to audition anymore. But I always feel like, worst case, you're going to maybe hear some things you need to work on, maybe things that will make you better as a player by coming back. And you never know what can happen. I remember years ago, uh, back in the old Chicago combine back in the day, uh, Jamal Crawford was a player I actually talked to a lot, had a great performance the first day. All of a sudden he was, quote, unquote, injured. And didn't play again, ended up being the eighth pick. And, you know, I talked to him. He, he was not injured at all. He just knew that his stock probably was never going to be higher than it was. So my feeling is, why not perform, see what happens, and then, and then go from there. So we have this going on, and we'll probably get more into Chris and, and the decision from him. Of course, his brother Keegan going to be a lottery selection, maybe as high as the top three. I saw, I think CBS Sports had him as the number three pick in their mock draft uh, that came out just the other gay day. When you look at Keegan, a guy that played at a high level, made the leap this year. What do you see in how his game translates to the next level? Some people say maybe the most ready guy coming into this draft. Yeah, obviously he has great bloodlines. You know, his father was a great player for um, the Hawkeyes as well. You know, 6'8", 225 player, pound player who can, you know, shoot from three-point range and play inside. Uh, I think a, a pretty good passer, you know, that wasn't obvious his role, but can see the double teams, can hit the open player. Uh, has a good, quick, quick first step. Like I said, shot about forty percent from three-point range. You know, a good athlete. So I think he's definitely a player. You know, I would expect to see him on the top, say five, six picks in the draft. Hmm. 
Mm. Interesting. What the, what's your concern, if anything, about him, Chris? Uh, I don't know if there are a ton of concerns. Obviously, he made big strides from his freshman to his sophomore season. You'd like to see that. You know, I think maybe the knock would be what position is he? You know, is he big enough to be a power forward? Is he more of a small forward? But you watch the NBA more and more, you know, it's almost a positionless game. You don't really see the dominant centers like you used to. There's a few, obviously, Jokic and, and B and Carl Anthony Towns, but you watch those players, and they're outside, you know, shooting threes a lot as well. So I think that would be the one question mark. You know, pretty much like every uh, defensive player uh, at that, that level going from high school to college and then college to pro, you know, can he guard those top players? But there's a reason those players are great players. You know, they're hard to guard. So I think that would be one question mark as well. A couple other local guys want to get your perspective on, starting with A.J. Green of Northern Iowa. He was invited to the G League camp, still trying to make a go of it. And if he doesn't, he's also in the transfer portal. Many people connecting the dots that he'll end up at Iowa State where his father's an assistant coach. Your thoughts on A.J. Green, first as an NBA prospect, and if he would make the jump and leave the MVC to go to, say, a Big 12, how that would translate in your mind? Yeah, very talented player. Obviously was the Missouri Valley Conference player twice, was injured the one year, or maybe could have been a three-timer. Yeah. Uh, very talented player. I got a chance to see him as a high school player. Always liked his game. He could have played at a much higher level. Even back then, Kansas, Minnesota, a lot of big-time programs were uh, recruiting him. To be honest, I'm really good friends with his dad, so I talked to him quite a bit. So you're right. I think there's a reason that a lot of people in Ames are hopeful that he could end up there. That would make a lot of sense. Uh, I know he spent most of last year, uh, his family at Cedar Falls. Uh, AJ's mom has a very uh, thriving chiropractic office, so Kyle would you know, basically uh, drive from Cedar Falls to Ames and back back and forth. So obviously it would make some sense for him to try and go at a higher level. I think most people thought he was always capable of that. The main reason he ended up at Cedar Falls was to play for his dad and the relationship that he had with Coach Jacobson and the other coaches. So he's obviously a very talented player. I think, again, you know, why not be seen? I always feel like even if you're, you know, not really a pro prospect, any chance you can get seen and I remember back in the day, you know, pre-internet, I've been doing a lot of stuff about the draft. You know, I would have teams call me about guys that were on that NBA draft list. I remember the very first year I went to Orlando for the Orlando Classic, which was for the top seniors. That year there were seven players that were underclassmen that put their name in the draft. Five of <laughs> them were drafted. Last, last year I had over 200 players. That's wild. So as that number continued to grow, I would get calls about kids, you know, from some obscure college just because teams would want to do their due diligence. And sometimes, you know, I even did a story on a few of them, why they put their name in. Some of them just get it kind of as a joke, you know, just to see their name, you know, in the you know, AP and the back in the day when they had the trans- transactions, I think they do have them in the paper. But, you know, some just put their name out. But teams would call me, say, hey, should I really know about this guy or is this just a name, you know? But uh, I always feel like worst-case scenario, you as a player – are hearing from NBA teams, and worst-case scenario, maybe that team says, hey, we should go check out that kid. I remember his name on the list. (laughs) Wild, the way that goes out. Hey, one other local guy, and I think it came as a surprise to a lot of people, Isaiah Brockington, formerly of Penn State, finished up his career last year at Iowa State. Really talented guy. Not tall by any means, but as good of a mid-range player as you're going to find, certainly in college basketball last season. Brockington, though, didn't get an invite to the G League uh, Combine. How surprised were you by that? Well, again, I, I feel bad for players that are seniors. You know, he's 22. I think it'll be 23 in July. So he's a little bit older. I was 
look at it the other way. I feel like a player like Brockington who's played, you know, at a high level, Penn State, Iowa State, had a very key reason for Iowa State, who was expected to be, you know, a little bit better than last year when they didn't win a lot of games, obviously. Uh, but, you know, it was one of the reasons they were ranked where they were at one time back in December, January. I think he's a player who's been through the wars. You know, he's played over 120 college games, played at a high level in the Big Ten, Big 12. So he's maybe more ready to step in. I think the one knock on him would be that he's a good, not a great outside shooter. You know, shot less than 30% a couple of years at Penn State, but had a better year this year. As you mentioned, kind of a little bit of a tweener, not necessarily as big as the prototypical shooting guard, you know, not really the ball handler at the, the point guard, but can play both guards. He's physical, strong, you know, can guard. So he's a player, you know, maybe could go in the second round, worst case goes undrafted, but could make a team as a free agent because I think he's more ready to step in. I, you look at the NBA, and obviously you guys are near Iowa, the uh, wild, wild in Des Moines there. You know, there's a lot of players uh, that have to spend time, even first-round picks, to get more seasons to, to develop as players. And I think he's a player – you know, because he's played 120 games, could maybe make an NBA roster. And again, you're probably getting getting him relatively inexpensively. So he's a player. If you're, a, you know, have a, some salary cap issues, he's a player. Maybe you could have as your, you know, 12, 13, 14th man. Uh, NBA uh, scouts, the NBA draft. Chris, uh, Chris Monsters joined us. Has been on this for doing this for decades. I want to get your take on Chet Holmgren, who doesn't. Um, I don't think he's a two hundred pound soaking wet. I mean, seven foot tall, but I believe he's like a buck ninety something. Your thoughts on how on on how his game projects to all of those men that he's going to be playing against in the NBA? Well, you're right. That's going to be the biggest question mark. He's a Minnesota kid, so I've written a lot about him in the past. His father also was a very skinny player. He played at the University of Minnesota. Unfortunately, had some knee issues and never really lived up to expectations back in the day. But, you know, Chet, one thing I like about him, he's actually a super nice kid, one of the nicest kids you ever get a chance to talk to. Very humble, uh, really good teammate, has always been a winner. You know, won several state titles with Minnehaha Academy, where he played along with Jalen Suggs, who was a very high pick in last year's draft with Orlando. You know, obviously, like you said, has unique skills. Can shoot the ball, handles the ball extremely well for a seven-footer. You know, can block shots, can definitely be a presence on the defensive end. But the big question mark is that size, 195 pounds, might be generous, like you said. Uh, Does he guard the bigger physical players, you know, in the NBA? There aren't a ton of them because, like I said, the NBA has become such a primitive game. But he's going to create a lot of actual problems on his own. Obviously, you know, 10, 15 years ago when the game was – you throw it into the post, he, you know, backs somebody down and scores inside, you know, maybe Holmgren is a, a successful player. But the way the game is now where, you know, 25, 30, 40% of the shots are three-pointers and the game's more spread out, more positionless, I, I think that helps him. So I definitely would see him, you know, as a top three, top four pick. Let's go over to what many people anticipate the top of the draft. Is it is it Paulo Benchero for you? Is he the number one guy in this class? I, I think he's one of those. I don't think there's a consensus number one. I think there are, you know, three or four players. You mentioned Holmgren. You mentioned the Duke freshman. I think Jabari Smith, another freshman mm-hmm. out of Auburn, another player who's got, uh, you know, a basketball bloodline. His father was a standout player at LSU. And then I think you look at Jaden Ivey, a very talented guard at Purdue. Six four can play both guard spots, very physical. You know, one of the reasons. Uh, the Boilermakers had such an outstanding season. I think any of those four, I can see going number one. I think there isn't that consensus, number one. Again, 
a lot will maybe determined be determined by the lottery, which will determine who has that top pick. Obviously, Houston, Orlando, Detroit, teams that had high picks last year. Detroit had the number one pick. Houston had the number two pick, and Orlando had the number five pick. Those teams are all back in the land. Well, the lottery and are hoping to add a really quality player to kind of get that rebuild going. Uh, if Ochai Obaji, now he probably wouldn't have got drafted because his game really came together the longer he was at Kansas, but he's coming out after his senior season. You mentioned a lot of freshmen going to go early, uh, and they and the NBA seemingly wants those guys, right? They, the birth date matters when it comes to the NBA draft. How much does it hurt Obaji that he went through his senior season before turning pro? Yeah, you're right. Obviously, I, I think you looked at you know a player like Ubi Topin a few years ago was a, a more of a veteran player. You know, at eight with the New York Knicks, he's a power a player that maybe goes in the late single digits. Worst case, I think early, you know, double digits. So maybe you know that ten to twelve, thirteen range. Uh, again, I look at a player <clears throat> who made strides every year, and people are going to question what his upside, what his ceiling is, because he's a whopping twenty-two years old, which I always think is kind of crazy, but. Uh, again, a player who improved every year at Kansas and obviously was one of the big factors uh, for him being, uh, for them being national champion. You know, he was definitely on my wooden award ballot. I, I helped pick the players for that award. You know, lean, but yet very strong, 6'10 wingspan, very good athlete, really worked on this outside shooting. You know, had a very good year this past year, shooting over 40% from three point range, shot over 50% from the field. You know, improved every year as a free throw shooter. Very good rebounder for his for his size. You know, again, a little bit on the small side as a small forward, but if he plays more in the shooting guard spot, you know, has good size at close to six six. So I think uh, again, you're right. That age probably works against him a little bit. Uh, you know, he's going to be. I think he just turned 22 in April. So you know, a little bit older player. But again, I always look at those players as maybe be more ready to step in right away. Hmm. Well, Chris, in the weeks ahead, we will uh, not only talk NBA draft, but uh, really pick your brain because you cover AAU as closely as you do, et cetera, on what uh, Iowa and Iowa State, their incoming classes. We'll pick your brain on that in addition to the draft next time we talk in the weeks ahead. Chris, as always, thank you for doing this for us. I look forward to catching up with you down the road. Thank you, Chris Monter. Yeah, definitely. I actually got a chance to see a couple of players, Bryce Stanford and um the Iowa Barnstormers this past weekend. So definitely would love to talk to you about that down the road as well. Absolutely. Uh, count on. Thank you, Chris. Take care. Thanks again, guys. Yep. Have a great day. Yep, here's the same. Uh, Chris Monter, as we catch up on the NBA draft. Stand by for news. Oh, breaking news, Sounder. What have you got? Iowa assistant coach Kirk Spira is retiring. Uh, right away? Right now. It's happening. Huh. Announced just uh, moments ago from head coach Ray McCaffrey, Kirk Spira is going to call it a career that started as an assistant wow. way back in 1980, a grad assistant on the Final Four Iowa team, and going to call it quits. So Iowa is now looking for their second wow. assistant coach. 40-plus years. Yeah, you've earned your rest. Yeah, absolutely. Good for you. I didn't uh, see it coming at this time of year, right? No, right, yeah. It's something you think mm-hmm. uh, you'd see you know, maybe in April. Mm-hmm. It's still May. Mm-hmm. There's still plenty of time here, but... Now, now, what does that mean for the staff? That's too. Fran has a very tight group of people that he's gone through. You know, Billy right. Taylor left, right. and we just move up the guy that was. So, do they go outside? Do they go outside kind of his circle, if you will? 
Well, there can't be many two left in that inner circle, right? right? Especially, I, I have to think you have to almost. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, guessing uh, Skinny Kenny and Lystico show it's uh, six o'clock. Uh, may have changed over the last 24 hours, uh, and this will be on as well. Well, they've got the, they take the air tonight at 6. We'll take our time out, come back and finish the hour. Thanks to Chris Monter, Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Grinnell. And when you're really, really frustrated and you're losing... Miller Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. As we told you earlier, the Cyhawk line uh, came out yesterday. FanDuel. FanDuel is the one that has that. put it up at six and a half. The number's moving. I'm shocked. Not the direction you were anticipating. It's going the other way. Spencer Petrus. The Spencer Petrus factor. It is down now. Iowa State just getting six points. Not only that, the juice has been adjusted. You have to lay minus 115 with that plus one plus six what? with Iowa State. Minus 105, minus six with Iowa. There's also two other games listed with the Uh-oh, Hawkeyes. Here we go. Games of the year, if you will. Nebraska and Wisconsin? Nope. All right, lay them on me. The two out-of-division games. Oh. Iowa-Michigan. Yep. And Iowa at Ohio State. So they host Michigan. They do. That's a Kinnick. And uh, Michigan is a... They represented the Big Ten, pounded them in mm-hmm. the championship. Michigan six. Four. Michigan four. Okay. Let's go to Columbus. Oh, boy. Um, where the Buckeyes are giving Iowa... You got that part right. Yes, they're favorite. <laughs> I don't know if I want to go over double ditch. I'll go nine and a half. You're not even close. What is it? 21. Jesus. You're getting three touchdowns. And Petrus will go in there. Yeah, the quarterback's kind of a push in that game, Trent. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, boy. 21. Yeah. That's significant. Hide the kids. Jesus. 21 points. Give me the points. Hawkeyes of the three touchdowns. 21. When was the last time Iowa got 21 in football? And last time they played Ohio State? wasn't that big. I don't think it was. 21. Yikes. Hour two. Adam Rittenberg kicks it off. Uh, NBA conversation. Cappy, by the way, had to move to tomorrow. If you're a fan of David Kaplan, we hope you are. He will join us tomorrow. Miller and Condon, hour to go. 106.3 KXN.